This is the World Industrial News for Wednesday, July 13th, brought to you by Industrial Info Resources of Sugarland, Texas. This newscast is sponsored by Aviva. Listen to part four of their podcast addressing climate change with the Internet of Things and AI. And, you know, you mentioned before um, when you were talking about the paper on the mitigation of global warming, um, you, you broke it down by industry. If we just were to focus on the modern grid and renewables, what do you see for us in the future within this space? So we think that renewables are the future. So we put in very large uh, solar, we put in wind, we put in rooftop solar as well as solar farms. And what happens is when the sun goes down, they stop producing. Or when a cloud comes over, they stop producing. Or the winds pick up and they start producing. In other words, you don't really know, you don't really know how much power you're going to get get out of them. They're not dispatchable resources. And so what the power company has to do is they have to balance that with a dispatchable resource. So if the wind picks up and you're generating huge amounts from your wind farm, you have to back off on your production. Or if you have a lot of solar production, the same. Or if the solar production goes away, you have to bring that up and you have to bring it up as rapidly as it went away. So clouds are worse than uh, dusk. So everything is based on time. What this does for you is it forces you as a power company to shift your assets from really high efficiency turbines that might take a day to line out to smaller turbines that respond in a matter of minutes. And as a result, your efficiency drops. Now let's take it and let's jump the meter. So on the other side of the meter, you have people that are trying to cope with the power issues with blackouts, rolling blackouts, etc. So they put on rooftop solar and they put on maybe batteries because the new batteries are now dropping in price very, very rapidly. And some of them even have their own windmills that sit in the middle of the complex. The problem there is that those are not managed by the grid, nor are they predictable. And so now the power company has to bring in extra power, extra resources to be able to cope with it. If now you lose the sun or you have the wind shift or even worse, the person that owns the battery decides they don't want to pay your afternoon prices So they pull themselves off the grid and start using their batteries. To hear the full podcast, search for IIR's Industry Today podcast on your favorite podcast provider. Industrial Info will be participating in the Economic Alliance Houston Port Region's Industrial Procurement Forum Breakfast Contractors Panel. The event will be held on Thursday, July 14th from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. at the Lion Del Basel Center for Petrochemical Energy and Technology at San Jacinto College in Pasadena, Texas. Although online registration has closed, on-site registration will be available. 
With the 2021 bipartisan infrastructure law allocating $8 billion to the U.S. Department of Energy to invest in four clean hydrogen hubs, many are asking if this means the hydrogen economy is a sure thing sometime in the future. The plain answer to this concerning any of the four main hydrogen options, transportation, electric generation, industry, and heating cooling of buildings, is not any time soon. Hydrogen currently is only responsible for about 1% of power generation, and just 5% of that 1% is considered green. Most now comes from natural gas or other fossil fuels that are high in hydrogen content, but also contain copious amounts of carbon. The U.S. recently agreed to lift Trump-era tariffs on solar products from Canada and Mexico after an independent panel said that the duties violated the provisions of the 2018 Canada-United States-Mexico Agreement, and the Great Lakes region may be the first to feel the effects. Industrial Info is tracking more than $3.6 billion worth of active solar energy projects across the Great Lakes region that are set to begin construction in the current quarter, almost 75% of which is attributed to projects in Ohio and Indiana. Ohio has seen only two utility-scale solar farms added to its statewide power grid in the past decade, but the Buckeye State leads its region in solar projects set to begin construction over the next three months. Indiana is second to Ohio in its total investment value for third-quarter solar kickoffs, but is set to begin construction on what could become the largest solar farm in the U.S. by acreage. The first major storm to threaten the U.S. Gulf Coast should serve as a reminder of the lingering supply-side challenges facing the global oil market. Forecasters at the U.S. National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration said to expect above-average activity during this year's hurricane season, which runs from June 1st to the end of November. At least 14 named storms are expected, of which as many six could turn into major hurricanes, defined as a storm with winds greater than 111 miles per hour. And Fuji Diosynth Biotechnologies is set to spend up to $1.6 billion to expand its biopharma contract development and manufacturing company operations in Denmark and Texas. The investment by the subsidiary of Fujifilm Corporation will see the creation of 450 jobs and the Denmark site expansion at Hillerod will include new sustainability features as part of the company's aim to achieve net zero CO2 emissions by the end of 2040. For details on these and other breaking news, read the full stories at www.industrialinfo.com. I'm Peggy Tuck reporting for Industrial Info News.